here's the problem that I have with Credit Karma. Not only do they not give you a credit score, well, they do give you a credit score. You know, they could give you, I had a client one time, I was talking to him and I said, what's your credit score? And he said, 995. I said, uh, sir, that's impossible. It can't be. He said, well, Credit Karma tells me I've got one credit score. Now I'm rewording this. Right. So what right. he, he, I said, well, then how did you come up with that number? He said, I took the one number, added it to the other number, and that was my FICA score. Ooh. Yeah. So he had like okay. a 400 credit score. Yeah. So I know at that point, this isn't going to work for his mortgage. So we need to go do some work. The problem is with Credit Karma also is that they don't use FICO scores, period. They used another one that nobody uses for mortgages or real estate or home loans, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, car loans or cards or some off-brand may use it, right. but nobody uses it. The sole purpose of Credit Karma is to sell credit cards. Right. That's it. Yeah. And until you realize that, you're if you're giving us away something or you're, you're getting something for free, you're the product. Right. And that's what people don't realize. They're getting information. What about this Experian boost? What a pile of crap. Okay. Where they're going to add what they want is they want access to your bank accounts so they can strip it, find out, and they'll add, add minimal points to your score. Let's say 13 points, 15 points to your credit score by you adding your Netflix on it and you're adding uh, uh, Amazon or whatever. Whatever you're paying monthly or whatnot. But here's the problem. Now they've got your documentation for your bank. They got your routing, they got your account number and they can analyze that. It's an amazing thing what's going on with the credit bureaus. I'm just amazed that more people don't understand this product. Well, it's confusing even to me, and I've been working in the space for 21 years, and what frustrates me so much, and you know, it's funny, we don't have to go into politics, but you know where I stand. I'm pretty libertarian, pro-business, whatnot. Right. What grosses me out is that a product, aka mortgages, that is so heavily regulated by the Fair Housing Authority and has so much regulation to make sure that everybody's getting a fair shake, they pull all their data from a for-profit company. So when I when I pull when I pull the data from Equifax or Fair Isaac or Experian or whatever, that data is now being sold to a bunch of other lenders. You now become part of this, you know, conveyor belt of of basically cold calling and telemarketing and pyramid scams and everything else. And I'm like, how how is it that the most regulated product in the world, except for maybe pharmaceuticals, the most regulated product in business in, in the United States, which is home loans for individual borrowers, is buying all their data from these blood-sucking for-profit companies. It just, it blows my mind. And I have no problem with a company wanting to make a profit, but the fact that the credit score has kind of been I wouldn't call it weaponized, but maybe bastardized, where it's like you have to have access to that credit score to buy stuff in America. You have to have a good credit score in, over, in order to get a home loan in America. And and they can manipulate that score however they want to try to sell you credit cards and car loans. It just, it doesn't make a lick of sense to me. So, like, I don't understand why number of credit pools 
all other things being equal, has such a negative impact. So can you explain that a little bit on the credit pools? It's not as negative as you might think. It's three to five points per poll. For a credit card, they're going to do it every time you pull uh, or an application for, for revolving debt. Got it. Okay, so you've got the soft pull and you got the hard pull. Yeah, can you explain that? Because I think that's the most misunderstood thing. I'll have people call me and be like, can you do a soft pull on my credit? And I'm like, no, it doesn't doesn't exist in the mortgage space. Sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't happen there. But if you've got a credit card company that has certain standards and they want to make sure that you're continuing on with those standards, it is a soft pull. Sometimes credit uh, debt collectors will do a soft pull. Um, and, but he, the problem is, is that when you pull a mortgage, uh, you're not getting an indication of what the soft polls are coming from, right? It's only through annual the official site. Can you get the soft polls? Who's looking at you without you knowing about it? So the soft pool be, for example, I've got an Amex business card for my coaching business. And every once in a while I'll go on Amex cause it's, you know, it's due every month. And I'll, I'll put a little uh, notation in there because they have this like calculator where it's like, what's the most I could charge on my credit card today? And Amex would still say yes and assume that I can pay it off every month. So I'm guessing- Because of your history. Because of my history, yeah. I'm guessing, you know, that number is pretty high now. Um, I'm guessing every once in a while, Amex is doing a soft pool to see if my credit's still in order. I'm not going into a yeah. massive amount of debt, but that's not yeah. negatively affecting my credit score. They're just kind of monitoring me behind the scenes yeah. to make sure that I'm not, you know, going $200,000 into gambling debt on a credit card and I'm going to stiff them. Yes, that's okay. exactly right. Okay. Now here's the other thing with credit pools. And I, I, I believe this to be factual, but maybe it's urban legend. My understanding is if I'm shopping for a car, I'm shopping for a mortgage, whatever. And I have Lexus, VW, Porsche, Toyota, Nissan, you know, uh, Dodge, Ford. I have them all pull my credit within 30 days. Does the credit bureau realize, oh, this guy's shopping for a car. That's all one credit pool. It's not like he's trying to get seven different car loans. Do the credit bureaus understand that? Yes. Thank and the God. algorithm indicates that. I mean, they take that into account. Now, whether it's 30 days, I had heard it was two weeks. Okay. Usually for a mortgage, it could be a month. Okay. Okay. On that. The problem happens is when you've got an entrepreneur that's just starting out, what are the easiest things you can get as an entrepreneur as a credit card? And what are they going to check? I had one client, he was wanted to, he wanted to set up a smoking lounge. Okay. He had no bad credit. He had scores in the 700s, high sevens. They denied him. You know why? He had gone out to purchase a car. That one car dealer chopped his loan to 15 different places, put 15 different inquiries on that. And even though it doesn't affect your your, uh, uh, personal credit, it affects your business credit. Because each one of those, you can have no more than two for business right. on the credit side, on the credit report side. And they denied him based on that. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because ironically, when I opened up um, the podcast business, I was like, 
oh, um, you know, I should get a, a an on the edge podcast LLC business credit card. So I went to Chase and I opened my business account and they're like, would you like a credit card? I'm like, yeah, sure. And something must have happened with the algorithm because usually when I apply for a credit card, they'll give me an available limit of $50,000 or $70,000 or something like that. I think my Amex is like absurd. I could go bankrupt using my Amex this month. Um, right. but, but something had happened with the algorithm. I had probably recently bought a car or shopped for a mortgage and had my credit pulled in a couple places. And Chase came back with, congratulations, you're approved for a $2,500 credit card for On The Edge <laughs> podcast. And I'm like, $2,500? I'm like, that won't even cover the cost of my camera. I'll have to split it up between two credit cards. So, you know, I, eventually I'll go back to him and ask for a credit increase now that I've paid it off every month, you know, several months in a row. Right. But it it was kind of funny that like the one algorithm would say, oh yeah, give this guy a hundred grand in credit card debt, no problem. And this other algorithm would be like, oh, 2,500, that's a little rough. <laughs> so there's the Dave Ramsey camp, you know, live poor, never finance any debt, whatever. And then there's kind of the Kiyosaki, you know, rich dad, poor dad of, you know, make good investments, leverage yourself as much as you can, be knowledgeable about credit, get the lowest interest rate you can, invest in yourself, invest in your business, leverage real estate, leverage business debt, um, and, and you know, aim for the stars and, you know, go that direction. And I probably fall somewhere in the middle, but I feel like these two camps, the, the Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman versus the rich dad, poor dad, you know, leverage, invest, buy as many assets as you can because asset and, you know, asset appreciation and inflation will take care of you. Um, either as it pertains to credit or your personal opinion, having worked in real estate, mortgage, credit finance, seeing, you know, seeing poor neighborhoods, doing loans in rich neighborhoods. Do you have an opinion on which one of those camps is right? Well, the old cop-out answer would be they're both right. Um, it's not a cop-out if you can explain Dave, it. Dave Ramsey <laughs> is a wonderful marketer. What he's selling is something that America can't do anymore. And that is because how do we buy things in America now? We buy it on credit. We have to. Okay. And then we pay off the credit cards. So, and the fact is, is that if you have no credit, like he wants, you pay, depending upon the state and the company, five times for insurance, what you would normally pay if you've got a great credit score, okay? So if you've got no credit, you're paying more for your car insurance. We're being forced into using credit scoring. And why do we see so much advertisement for what is your credit score? Or all these apps that are coming out now say we can add this to your credit report. It's a collection device. You know, yeah, do I sound like an old curmudgeon? Yeah, I do. I just wish people would just wake up, pull their head out of the sand and other places um, and start looking at things, start being educated about this, all this. We don't need, do we? Maybe we do, I don't know. We don't need to spend $200 for, for internet. We don't need... Um, and I'm talking about people that have minimal income. But why do we need $200 cell phones? We're being sold on this. Is there a benefit there? Absolutely. Excuse me. Absolutely, there's a benefit there. Right. But at some point, we have to curb our spending. You know, why 
Are we spending 30% interest for cards? Why do payday loans? You know, they're charging up to 500%. How about the Native American gaming ca casinos and the interest they, they charge for borrowing? Where do they get their money from? I can yeah. tell you. They get them from banks. Yeah. So a bank, instead of being able to charge whatever the usury rate is, can now charge these places a different rate and make up the difference, or at least partial. It's a business. I mean, I'm tired of people getting rich. Not tired. Let me finish that. I'm not tired of people getting rich. I love money. I want money. But on the backs of poorer people, that's what I got a problem with. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's a vicious cycle. I mean, I experienced it in the Army. The last year I was in the Army, I think I made $18,000 maybe. And around every military base, there's 100 freaking check cashing places. And there's, yeah. you know, there's people walking the halls trying to give you 30% credit cards and whatnot. And, you know, it's a big Ponzi scheme basically. And... Uh, you know, you see people get caught in these traps where they're like, you know, I saw this working at Washington Mutual in the early 2000s when I worked in a bank that were in a bank location that was not the most affluent area. It was nice, but, you know, it had a, it had a mix of working middle class, working poor, higher class, uh, you know, socioeconomic. And, you know, you'd see people get into this trap of like overdraft charges, their accounts a couple hundred dollars negative. Then they get their paycheck and it's like it covers the overdraft. It covers the payday loans it covers their 30% interest on their credit card and then they're broke again and the same cycle starts over. So, I know. you know, some of it I do feel bad because I feel like it's very, very, very usury um, and and it's it's a disgusting parasitic situation on our financial, um, financial system. And then I also think, you know, the libertarian in me kicks in and it's like, well, they signed the check. They, they signed the contract. They're just uneducated. And then the more compassionate side of me goes to like, all right, well, where do we start the education? Because, you know, I, I still remember the Pythagorean theorem. I never learned in junior high or high school how to balance a checkbook or what, you know, simple interest versus amortized interest was. Like, where do we yeah. start the education to help get that generation of people that are stuck in this trap so that the next generation doesn't get stuck in the same trap? Where do you think we should start the education? At what age level? Is yeah, what or, or, or school, or is it church, or is it nonprofits, or, you know, should Dave I Ramsey think be talking? without having him? credit, it would be very difficult to start talking about FICA scoring or, or credit reports. But I think that would be, you've got to know how to balance a budget first. And if you can't, get beyond, you know, let's say you do that, and that should be a high school requirement, maybe even a college, first-year college requirement because that's where a lot of people are getting into trouble with their credit cards. Mm -hmm. um, now it's becoming less prevalent when they kicked them off of a lot of the campuses. Um, but then I think credit scoring, I mean, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is educating people. Um, can I give those plugs again? Yeah, of course. This is, this is your okay. show, man. Okay. Um, I'm doing the one on debt collection on uh, De uh, December 7th. Um, and that one, um, you can go on my website, creditgenie.us, and you can sign up for it. On December 9th, I'm doing one on credit scoring. Because I think if people, under, if people were just exposed to this, it opens eyes. And we know education is a repetitive thing. 
Right. You don't learn something in the seventh grade that's not covered again in the eighth grade, that's not covered again in the ninth grade. They just build on each other. Right. That's what education is. And I'm really passionate about this. 